Jesus asked the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Later, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. It's easy to forget when Sunday after Sunday we're reading these little portions out of the Gospels or the Epistles or the Old Testament that they're written as complete narratives. Or in the case of the Gospels, they're written as complete catechisms designed to instruct the early church in what they ought to think about Jesus, what they ought to believe in him, and how they ought to live their lives. So when we get little snippets taken out, sometimes you miss the flow. And that's why I wanted to go back and point out that Luke is purposefully putting the encounter of the lawyer and Jesus right before this encounter between Mary and Martha and Jesus. Now, I remember last week when we talked about the lawyer coming and saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus didn't just give him a casuistic response. The lawyer, after all, responds to Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself by saying, who is my neighbor? And instead of Jesus saying, well, here are the eight characteristics of a neighbor, or here are the three things that will identify who a neighbor is to you, he tells a story. He's shaping people to rethink the way they read the Old Testament and read the code that God gave to the people of Israel through Moses. And even though the parable ends with the do this and you shall live, the point is not really the do this. It's the thinking. And the only way that the mind of this lawyer, or indeed of any of us, can be changed to think the things of Jesus is to hear what he has to say, to let his words wash over us, to be as I wrote to a pastor a month ago who had a question for me, let people marinate in the gospel. Be transformed from cucumbers to pickles for the Lord. Till the words of Jesus go all the way through your being and the Holy Spirit transforms you step by step, day by day, year by year into the image of the one who has redeemed you at the cross, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That same theme then continues here with Jesus visiting his friends. Now, we know later that these are his friends. We know that from John's gospel, because Mary and Martha have a brother. The brother's name is Lazarus, and Lazarus is the one who gets sick. And it's Mary and Martha, this same Mary and Martha, that write to Jesus or send a message to him saying, please come the friend whom you love is sick. It's this same Mary and Martha that have these conversations with Jesus about why he wasn't there to cure their brother. And Jesus responding that he is the resurrection and the life. And Jesus looking for faith 
in him. But here in this earlier encounter, we have the question of doing and listening coming to the forefront once again. Now, Martha is doing what good women 2,000 years ago always did, and good women even today are still stuck doing sometimes, although Avery is a good exception. Great cook. Preparing food. Showing hospitality. She's the one that has to go and take the three seas of bread and make it into cakes. She's the one that has to be in the tent, and never would she think of leaving that tent to go and sit and listen to the Lord's or out there doing important stuff. Martha, 2,000 years later, is following in Sarah's footsteps. She is doing what she thinks she ought to be doing to serve the Lord, preparing the food, showing hospitality. But her sister isn't helping. Her sister is not Sarah. Her sister is unlike any person we've kind of seen before in the Old Testament in a woman who has the gall to go and sit there at the feet of the Lord and just soak up the teaching. That's what the men are supposed to do. The men sit there and listen. The women do all the work. So Martha is rightly disturbed by Mary upsetting the apple cart of gender roles. It says, Lord, won't you tell Mary to come and help me in the kitchen? And I have to wonder if going through her mind is less the question of Martha needing help and more the question of Mary not doing what she's supposed to be doing. If you go back to the Old Testament, though, do you notice a really interesting thing? The Lord who comes to Abraham, much like the Lord comes to Mary and Martha, asks Abraham, where is Sarah, your wife? Well, that's a silly question. Anybody would know where the mother of the family, the head of the household on the female side would be. She would be doing all the preparing, doing all the hospitality, but already 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years before Jesus, the Lord is asking, why isn't Sarah joining us? Why isn't she out here listening? So here we are with Mary and Martha in this question of doing. Why does Mary doing the more important thing? It's like I said at the beginning. We have to have the words of the Lord washing over us continually. It does no good to simply pick up scripture one time and read the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. We don't pick them up like that. We have to rehear them over and over and over again because it is through those words that the Lord does his work in you. It is not in you and I to behave properly. It's not in you and I or Abraham and Sarah or Mary and Martha to know what we ought to listen to and what we ought to do. But the Lord speaks the words that change us, that make realities come into existence, because as the Lord said to Abraham and Sarah, is anything impossible for the Lord? 
The Lord looks at us who are barren in spiritual works, who are barren in the things that the Lord wants from us, and he makes them grow in us just like that baby Isaac grew in the womb of Sarah, who is too old to have a baby, but nothing is impossible for the Lord. The only way that can happen, though, is if we listen. And so Mary has chosen the more important part. In the epistle lesson for today, Paul points out the problem we have with the Lord is not simple immorality, doing bad things. The reason we were enemies of God is because we were alienated and hostile in mind. We couldn't even listen to the things God has to say. It's why that lawyer wasn't really interested in what Jesus had to say. It's why Martha is so busy doing the things she thinks she should be doing. It's why Sarah mocks the words of the Lord. We are alienated and hostile in mind until the word of God washes over us and gets right to the heart of what's up here and changes it, makes us think God thoughts after him. The way we judge actions and think about doing things is fundamentally flawed and has to be changed. And when we hear the Lord speaking to us, as we have heard this morning, the Lord changes us. The Lord gives us a new mind. The Lord gives us a new heart. And bit by bit, hour by hour, day by day, we become Mary's. And that doesn't mean we don't serve. That's the point of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus isn't saying the Good Samaritan was the one who stopped on the other side of the road and prayed or took out the Torah and read. There is a time and a place for everything, and there is a time for serving our neighbor. But we cannot rightly serve our neighbor or even know who our neighbor is if we don't take the time let ourselves take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and let him speak to us. And what is the most important thing Jesus says to us? The thing that really changes hearts, the thing that really changes minds? You are forgiven. By my blood, I have atoned for your sins. You have no more guilty conscience. You are perfect in my sight. You are my children. I have called you by name. You are mine. Those words change people more than anything else. And I think Mary knew that. That's why she couldn't help herself but sit there and listen to these words coming from one who spoke not as her teachers or rabbis or scribes, but as one who had authority. One thing is necessary. Let the Lord speak that necessary thing to you. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are his. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.